I'm Chalanga. I'm Dylan. And this is the CND NBA show. Uh, we're recording today because Derek Chauvin has been found guilty on all three counts second degree murder, third degree murder, and second degree manslaughter. It is an historic day for the American people the American legal system for accountability for police officers. It's big. This is history, people. This case sets precedent for the future. It's not just for now. No, no court case is isolated, right? Every Mm -hmm. time that you go through a case like this, it's going to go back to case law. And this is officially case law, people. This is good for the people that are saying that that this doesn't change anything, it does literally change something within the justice system. It doesn't change Mm -hmm. policing, but it changes within the justice system. And the fact that it does change procedure within the the justice system might change uh, in in very ancillary ways, because possibly cops are going to think twice before murdering someone. Right. Will it stop the racism? No. But (laughs) this is a good first step. Yeah, it's a dent in the armor, right? I I was expecting to feel a lot more joyful than I ended up feeling when I when I heard the verdict. You know, I, the, the day this week has been filled with anxiety, right? Like there's just been a lot of heavy weight on on me, on everyone. And when when I heard the verdict, I just like I just cried. You know, I just I was I was weeping. What I keep coming back to is that is is this is what's supposed to happen. You murder someone, you go to trial, you get convicted when the evidence is stacked against you. And the fact that it took such a gruesome, grisly murder that was recorded by a teenager and broadcast to the world for this to happen is disgusting. But I'm glad that there's accountability I'm glad there's like the the form of justice that we have as a society is being served. And ultimately, I, I breathed a really big sigh of relief. And, you know, I, I think as time passes, I'll be able to find some joy. I'm still going through, you know, a lot of emotions. It's just a lot, right? Like a lot was riding on this. There were a lot of stakes on this verdict and and so i I figured either way that it was going to go i was going to be feeling some type of way so yeah but ultimately it's good when the city burns the government learns let's not forget that these charges were increased as a result of the protesting as a result Mm -hmm. of people getting out there and saying something because nothing was being done Mm -hmm. the charges were released like a week later i'm wondering if that's like a normal speed or if that is uh, or if that is a slow speed to have charges in a case like this, to have someone indicted on those charges. Yeah, I have, but, no, I, I have no idea. But either way, the pressure was real, you know? And the pressure helped, and the protesting helped, and the rioting is never desirable for anyone, hopefully for anyone. But the reality is that the third precinct burning down, none of that happened in vain today. Mm-hmm. And it just shows that uh, progress is possible and and it's possible to fight for it on like an individual level. It, it, you're not just you don't just succumb to your elected officials. 
I think for me, part of it is that it is heartbreaking still to this day that that is the bar. The, the bar is please let what's supposed to happen happen. That's been the part that, that I've been really like struggling with. And I just can I, I just got to say one thing to all my white comrades out there. Be very careful and thoughtful with your white joy today. I'm, it's okay to feel good about this. Just like be real. Think about what the intention of your white joy is. Think about why you're texting your black friends. We don't need disingenuous performative joy right now. All right. So if you want to celebrate and be happy, do it. I don't need to know that you're happy. <laughs> it's like it's like the direct inverse of white tears, right? Like this like performative form of of sadness and like pain for the injustice of the world. It it I'm seeing it now with this like joy and people reaching out. And it's just like it's just I don't want it. So stop. And if you hear this, stop. Thank you. And to the white hogs of conservatism, I just <laughs> want to point out there, if you were rooting for a guilty verdict solely because you didn't want to see the city burn down, that in itself is the problem. People over property, lives over land, all this, your city, even it wasn't your city. Greg Gutfeld's getting on Gene, or getting on Fox News and uh, it took Judge Gene uh, or Judge Janine, sorry, I don't even know her fucking name, to admonish him for saying, well, you know, um, I my neighborhood was looted. And it's like, fuck no, you're just fucking lying because you want to, like, be able to have your stupid-ass opinion and get all these white people on your side because that's how you make your fucking money. It's all about the bank. And, and you want to imply that, like, property is more important than people. Mm -hmm. That should never, ever, ever be the case. People will, one human life, is more important than any piece of property that has ever been created in the history of humanity. I don't care if it's the fucking pyramids of Giza. Lives <laughs> over land. Lives and over so land, people. It it this incredible injustice for that to happen and for you to care more about like oh well, I just don't want the city to burn down, so let's convict this guy. That's terrible. Like mm -hmm. if that if that were the case, if he if if Derek Chauvin somehow didn't do what he did and like he was innocent, but you were more afraid of someone like, how would you feel then? You know, mm -hmm. amen to that. You wouldn't want to um, can... like that. It, I wouldn't want to put him in jail if he didn't do it. But guess what? He fucking did. The justice system actually worked today for once. Can we talk about Nancy Pelosi for a second? <laughs> and yeah. that bullshit ass speech. First of all, who wrote that? <laughs> Did she write that? It came from the she heart, baby. Oh, Her cante cloth wrote it. That's right. She... <laughs> She she uh, knelt down with her kente cloth clutched in her hands and said, speak to me. And then she kind of went into like a, a psycho, avatar psychic, state. yeah, avatar state and started scribbling a speech. She didn't even she didn't read it before she went on stage because she just was so overcome by by the power of it. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I can't believe this woman hasn't been primaried yet. There was this weirdo who like he was he was a rapper or something or like he he rapped he, i don't know he had a rap thing on An soundcloud anthony it was edwards. so bad anthony edwards he was running against nancy pelosi <laughs> no there was this weird dude who was running against nancy pelosi he was like medicare for all but like 
even as someone who agreed agrees like with that policy like or someone who not only does that but is a proponent of that policy i was like wow this guy's kind of weird though so i like i don't know um yeah let's get someone competent who believes in universal health care to primary nancy pelosi like i know that people most people in san francisco want to have universal health care like what the hell is going on why how did how has she bought her seat for the last 30 years lord only knows um <laughs> like lord only knows. i mean just you know like it was boomer, so clear that boomer democrats that's how it was so clear that they found like somehow the dems found the most incompetent socialist and then just put him up there to try to primary nancy pelosi and it was just a terrible terrible campaign (laughs) oh well nancy is uh eating it on social media today so uh, her ads are gonna be fucking crazy i feel so bad for her interns who don't agree with her one bit but (laughs) yeah i i thought you were gonna say i feel so bad for her and i was like dylan no 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 (laughs) Her no, she's not, to, you think she's reading you think twitter. she knows how to log into twitter <laughs> you kidding she me is a two, she's a two finger typer for sure <laughs> no she's a she's a one finger phone typer oh pointer, no pointer finger oh no even worse <laughs> even worse i well um that's all i got i'm gonna drink some beers tonight i think I got some cool. grain belt premiums. Gonna Let's slam go some Wolves. back. Wolves play tonight, um, or I guess tomorrow night when you're listening to this. Uh, um, Wolves play tonight and tomorrow. Or last Wait, what? night, rather. What What's the, going on? What is time? <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, I'm totally. I'm. Either way, up. Wolves um, are playing tonight and yesterday, <laughs> and on Friday. So. Let's get on to some I bonus am, stuff. Or, yeah, we're gonna we're, we got some bonus stuff that we recorded earlier this week. Some with Jamal, our best guest ever. Well, we, anyway, we a game show to determine the best guest we've ever had. And, oh, okay. Uh, we're gonna put a, guests on. <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna uh, our next episode is gonna be a um, a competition, um, and we're gonna be live tweeting some polls, and we're gonna need your your input. Um, all you 50 listeners. Uh, we love you. And uh, on to some bonus content. Bye. That's my Chris Finch. Like, my, like Chris Finch. I have listened to him. You know, like I, I remember when we first hired him and listening to him. Like uh, there's a video on YouTube of him teaching, I think, in the FIBA tournament or something like that. The New Orleans Pelicans, I think. It's like, oh, my God, we actually have a coach. One that other coaches think. Is a good coach too? Like, oh wait, Nick Nurse. That guy said he's a really good coach. Wait, he used to coach against Nick Nurse. Really? When like they were in over there in Europe, and he used to coach against them, and they were like rivals, huh? These are the kinds of moves we've been wanting the Wolves to make for years. <laughs> I cannot understand like where where do we not make those kinds of moves where it's like, yeah, this guy has seen so much success in being this head coach who's coached 20 some odd years over here in the G league and this and that, and this and that. Oh, there's another guy that does the same thing. And they're like, kind of like similar in certain ways. Yeah. Let's get that guy. It makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. And and it makes sense. That five <laughs> games in, we saw the tangible changes that we saw. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and it, it's, 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 a, it's, it's the obvious moves that the Timberwolves have all gotten, <laughs> have gotten wrong over the last 20 years. I'm right. going back to going, going back to uh, Chauncey Billups. We should have just kept Chauncey Billups. Everybody knew that at the time. And My so goodness, you, you took it back. My <laughs> goodness. Mm-hmm. Yo, it's like, that's the thing about Gerson Rosas is that when, when the, the, the easy things he doesn't get wrong, like the little things he doesn't get wrong, you know, like he takes his big swings and he's had some misses. The Jared Culver thing, it looks like a big miss, right? Yeah. Yes, uh, miss, <laughs> of the, miss of the decade. Yeah. <laughs> The, but, like, uh, but who behind him are you that convinced by? That's the reality. Like none of those mm-hmm. players hit behind Kobe White, him. PJ Washington. Are this they? Is true. Are they starters? This is hundred. This, this, this is hundred percent true. I mean, Kobe White was benched. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not I, making the playoffs. The, still. I, yeah. I mean, true. I. I. I mean, at this point, just keep just keep your pick. Just could have kept your pick. You know, took took Cam Johnson with that pick, right? I know that's that yeah, is the one. Like, Cam Cam Johnson would look good on this team right now. He really like, would. Yeah, he, he that shooting would be much appreciated. But, but for the most part, Garza Rosas has has like uh, done nothing but make this team better and and make good choices. You know, the the Wiggins D'Lo trade, that's sort of a TBD. Mm. But like at the end of the day. The D'Angelo Russell's upside is so much higher than Andrew Wiggins, uh, and and and, and oh, you, do you disagree? His floor, his floor, to me, where he, what he gives us right now is already higher than what Andrew was giving us. I think injuries aside, and slow start aside at the beginning of the year, because clearly he wasn't healthy. There was something something um, um, wrong with D'Lo in the beginning of the year, and plus the coaching. Didn't help. Mm-hmm. It was all those loose bodies. Yeah, I watched this dude, D'Angelo Russell, for the Brooklyn Nets. Like that guy was a legit top ten point guard in the league, and that's not. I mean, that year, that's not some type, some small thing. Like this is a point guard's generation. That was the last was... normal year in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Right. This guy has skill. We've seen it. And I remember him talking one time about him not even have like the best big he had played for with before Towns was like Jared Allen is a rookie. I'm like, holy crap. Like that kid can ball. You just have to get him in the right system. And what I like about him that he's dispelling is that he's playing a lot off the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's I mean, we're seeing it like now there is no. Oh, it's going to be a problem between D'Lo, Ant, and Cat. No, D'Lo can go off the ball, mm-hmm. and Ant is going to have to learn how to just go off the ball. That's that's just going to have to be part of his maturation. Every well, NBA player is going to have to do that. The interesting thing that I've noticed is that we've seen Ant thrive as a starter since he's played, yeah. and we've seen D'Lo be able to thrive a little bit mm. more versatilely. Like he's been able to thrive on the bench. This is the, this is the Finch sauce. This yeah, is the Finch mm-hmm. sauce, man. And mm-hmm. and and for him to be able to get D'Lo to perform with the bench unit, it has changed the Timberwolves one hundred percent. You you think you think um, Saunders was was going to be able to convince D'Lo to come off the bench? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, no. just wanna, I, I just want to ask. I was just wondering. I was just wondering. Please, um, you know. he was going to stutter through the whole damn thing. 
He would have got slapped. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think I'd be best for the team. Man, come on. He used to kill me. He used to like stop looking like you're about to have a stroke talking about basketball. Like, ah, damn. Okay. Uh, right. Look, I, I consider myself, I call myself a D-Lo truther. And <laughs> what, what that means is I like when D-Lo came over and still I, I, I have concerns about D'Angelo Russell's game. Like sure. when I, I did a, a real dive into the numbers of that all-star season that he had, um, all-star injury replacement also. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, fringe, yeah, fringe all-star injury replacement in the East. That's yeah, fine. and th- that's fine. That's still like if, uh, if you, a fringe all-star starting point guard is great. You know, that's fine. Right. But what he did that year was shoot an insane percentage from mid-range. Like his his floater range shots went in at such a high clip, like, like Kobe-level mid-range shooting. Right. And if he can do that, then I'm I'm down with D'Lo because he takes a lot of mid-range shots. Not only that, I'm going to back you up, Chalanga. Not only that, uh-huh. but Chalanga also found that D'Lo, this was him being a top 10 point guard in the league, was at an insane efficiency in terms of his passing, like uh, like historic, like a top of the LeBron years, like top 10 in the last 20 years. What did you have him at? Like it was five years. It was five years, but okay. Top 10 um, passing season in the last five years. So, mm-hmm. and so Delo's peak is there and, and like, I see it, but man, his defensive awareness it is painful. Sometimes I've, I've seen him call for an unnecessary switch. I've seen him fall asleep off ball. I've seen like when Ryan was trying to run the zone with Delo at point, it was, it, I mean, he just, he can't play zone defense. And so uh, th- just how good offensively D'Angelo Russell has to be in order to make up for those defensive deficiencies. Mm-hmm. If he can do it, I'm in, I, I'm just not sure that he can do it consistently like That's at that real. level. Yeah, he so, just needs to have, he needs to help less. <laughs> like when he's playing help defense, just help a little bit less and cover your guy because you're not fast enough to get back to him. Nope, sure ain't. Um, yeah, I, I think I think I think his mid range uh, game, especially with the spacing that's going to be provided. I don't know, like uh, where, the way I think about how sees how teams have build winning, winning cultures. It's it's it, it kind of starts where we're at. You know, we're 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 kind of formulating an identity. Um and D Lo has the skill and the talent. He just has mm-hmm. to, you know, lock it in. And I, I, one thing I he ha- I think he has a surprising amount of awareness. I, I think he knows his warts for the for the most part. Yeah, for sure. And I, his his on ball defense is actually not bad. He's incredible at getting his right. hand on the ball and, and forcing steals and like blocking, blocking shots Jimmy Butler. Even. Yeah. Um, it's just that off ball piece. He just, it, it, I, I don't know if it's just like a level engagement thing or if he thinks that he's better than he is or I like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but the, the on ball or the off ball just isn't there. I actually, one thing I was thinking about the other day is like, I was watching d and I was like realizing his game and Ricky Rubio's game are actually super similar. Like Ricky Rubio has changed his game a ton since he was first in Minnesota. And like, they both take that. They both. Like do the slow dribble into the like the mid range fader. Uh, D'Lo mm-hmm. makes them. Ricky doesn't. Uh, like they. Well, Ricky loves to take Ricky's quick threes. Jump- D'Lo loves to take quick threes. Go ahead. 
Well, Delo's jumping forwards when he's shooting, and Ricky's jumping backwards, and it's always <laughs> it always gives me like the it gives me the heebie-jeebies every time. Yeah, what's that. he doing? I don't know what he's doing, man. That shot almost never goes in. <laughs> he's like trying to emulate Delo. I wonder if anybody has taken a look at that shot specifically and and gotten the percentage on Ricky Rubio <laughs> when he takes that shot. I don't know, man. Yeah. Ricky Rubio, I. <sighs> Oh, my goodness. I just wish we could pay him to never shoot again. <laughs> Seriously. Even when he even when he shoots and makes them, dog, I just be like, oh, God. It's just because it bad. It's just, if he were a, if he were a guy that actually was really hitting them like Jason Kidd, like if he was really hitting his shots, I could tolerate it. But like even when he gets hot, I'm just like, it's not sustainable. It's ugly. It's not. It, it's like. He can't even get it off cleanly half the time. Like mm-hmm. he's never been able to do it. We've watched him since a rookie. I mean, at his athletic peak as a rookie, when he came in, he was as athletic as he ever would be. He couldn't get a shot off cleanly then. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. He couldn't. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I, I and I, when I compare their game, I, I don't, I don't want to compare skill level because obviously D'Lo is so much more skilled offensively. I just think that that the things they try to do. And, and the the shots they try to create for their teammates are are pretty similar. I think I'm 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 batting around an article in my head, but we'll, we'll see if I ever get around to that. But yeah, that was I'm I'm glad I'm happy to get your thoughts on D'Lo. I, I was I was curious, you know, how you how you felt yeah, about the dude. I I think next to Cat, I think he could be very very. I think he can get to that 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 Brooklyn level again. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope so. I'm rooting for it. Like I'm gonna root for D'Lo when he does. He's got well. he's got more talent around him, I think now, you know, than he had during you know, you know that those Brooklyn times. And and yeah. with as long as Cat and D'Lo and Ant are on the court, I tr- I think truthfully we can compete possession by possession with 95 percent of the league. And I we could never say that no. ever. No, I mean ever, but genuinely, if Cat, D'Lo, and Ant are on the court, put two other guys, just the other two guys, it's somewhat negligible, but it's 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 so much better. It just we can compete, and that's All, that's a big step forward for us. Also, he's an elite dresser. He he is the greatest <laughs> dressing Timberwolf. Has the best fashion of any Timberwolf of all time. I'm, I'm sure. with you there, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, he's got tons of swag. Tons of swag. <laughs> sure. uh-huh. All right. Well, thanks for the little extra bonus content. It looks no like problem. you got a kid. Hey, what's up? He's been trying to get at my side. What's he up, gonna buddy? Be pod- he's the next podcaster. <laughs> the next Tim Rules podcaster. Welcome back to the CND NBA show. We've got some bonus content for you. Of course, Dylan and I. Every time before we record, we start having an interesting conversation, and Dylan says, "Chilango, why aren't you recording?" And so this time I pressed record and uh, we talk about uh, we talk about lottery reform. We talk about big markets versus small markets. Dylan calls me a capitalist. Um, he calls them like he sees them. Uh, so <laughs> enjoy the show. Jalenka's <laughs> a cap, a fair weather capitalist. <laughs> what do you think about the current lottery system? Because right now the, lo- the current lottery system is kind of fucking the wolves over. Yeah, it's fucking the wolves over right now. But it's also... Just fucking over smaller markets and mid-sized markets because they don't have a feasible way to rebuild. 
and they need to have a way to be competitive. There are two ways for small market teams to rebuild trades and draft picks. And they don't have the luxury of free agency or the even greater luxury of the buyout market. And so I don't know what, what they will do, but something needs to be done. Adam Silver needs to do something to have more parity in this league. If you look at all of the greatest leagues around the world, they have parity. The Premier League has parity. The NFL has developed parity. And whether, really you like, have. whether you like it or not, the NHL has parity. And, and it, it helps these leagues stay relevant. And mm -hmm. my worry is that if you just have LeBron James versus Kevin Durant every season in or every year in the finals, I know that like, I know that in baseball, having the Yankees win didn't ruin baseball, like 29, whatever, 50 years or whatever, 29 uh, championships didn't ruin baseball in the 1930s through 50s. But I, I mean, I, obviously I'm biased as a small market fan, but I still think that there needs to be some way for these teams to be able to be competitive with each other. Well, one, I, I have think an interesting tactic, which the Premier League does use, is that if you are bad enough, you might not be in the league. I don't know exactly how they do it. I don't know how they structure it. Uh, I just, I'm not a Premier League soccer fan. Oh my um, God, Chalanga, not a Premier League <laughs> soccer fan, but Chalanga, the capitalist Chalanga over here, kicking That's people true. out. Chalanga's like, you know what? If you're not good enough, pick yourself up by the bootstraps in the G League. But, like, how did the Lakers get Anthony Davis? They fucking tanked for three years, got a bunch of draft picks, and then traded all those players to New Orleans. How did the Philadelphia 76ers get really good? They fucking no, sucked the forever. The Lakers got Anthony Davis because they got LeBron James in free agency. But they wouldn't have had the fucking package if they hadn't have just been ass shit for three years. I guess so, but I think that LeBron James changed the fate of the franchise, not having yeah. like D'Angelo Russell and yeah. Julius. I guess Randall. they would have just like they would have gotten somebody else. You know what I mean? Like that, like somebody would have come with LeBron for sure. Absolutely. I get that. But the 76ers, they were ass shit forever. And then they got Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid through the draft. You know, like I just think like Yeah, but that's not the biggest market either. I mean, they're they're probably a top 10 market for sure. But I'm I'm just saying, like, yes, that's a viable way that the Timberwolves can emulate. But the Timberwolves can't emulate, like, they can't even emulate Al Horford signing with the 76ers. You know no, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But, like, I think I, w one thing I do want to bring up is that today on the broadcast, uh, I think it was Dave Benz, he was talking about how Milwaukee has built themselves into a model franchise where players want to go play, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and like... No, they they like Milwaukee is very good and players still don't want to go play in Milwaukee. Like they had to give up everything for Drew Holiday, who is a top 30 guy in the NBA. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 it you're right. The, the scales are tipped toward the big, the big markets. And, and part of that is just because like the teams are small and one player can affect an entire franchise. but. LeBron James and KD and James Harden even are on their way out. And I, I'm wondering if we were just in like a phase where there was, where there were these three players that were like, 
I guess really just one LeBron or two LeBron and KD who were really affecting everything. And I wonder if the next generation of stars will have more parity. I don't know. It's, it seems like there's not really any one player that has stepped up and been like, this is like the next guy. That's true. I, I and it looks like the next guy, Giannis is staying in Milwaukee. Like he's decided to stay and Carl Anthony towns, despite all of the rumor mills bullshit has, shown that he wants to stay and has no reason to leave at this point really because the team is catering themselves to him um i don't know of any other nba team that would do that including the tibbs knicks like everyone thinks he's going over there but are they going to cater to him to the point that like they're going to trade everything for delo like if carl's thinking about quality of life and like quality of relationships around him he might as well stay in minnesota so you look at all of the players around here and Zion's in in New Orleans. Like there are young, great stars that are being built around in smaller markets. So I guess maybe it is a phase. I I like I like the the way to think about it. But at the same time, I need some NBA socialism, baby. <laughs> Let's get these small markets up and going. We need a you. stimulus package. <laughs> I feel you. You know, I think about the young guys in the league, though, and I'm shifting the conversation more toward like the next generation now. But like Giannis is supposed to be this like next guy, but he has hasn't really like gotten there offensively. And and I don't know if he ever will to be like that guy, you know, because like the special thing about LeBron and, and KD specifically is that they can be your best player on offense and defense when when it matters, you know, like and that is like super rare and there's not really anybody who's like luca is not that luca's never gonna be the guy who gets the chase down block in crutch time you know like you even look at luca you look at Lamelo, you look at ant you look at all these players who could be the next guy like have shown the flashes of being able to lead teams to victory in Mm -hmm. in like uh jason tatum circumstances well i wouldn't say jason tatum because he's in like a top five market but all of those guys are not in top five markets, and I couldn't oh, okay. see them moving. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I couldn't mm-hmm. see them deciding to go to Los Angeles or New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Jason Tatum, I guess he's not in Los Angeles or New York, and I couldn't see him going to Los Angeles or New York. Or like, yeah, wow. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's so socially conscious. I, mm-hmm. I can't imagine him like deciding to like go to New York or Los Angeles just for the clout. I could see him going home, in fact, before that to Atlanta. So, mm-hmm. and Trey Young, I, maybe, but like, I feel like most of these guys aren't in it for like creating, turning themselves into a business anymore. That mm-hmm. was the generation mm-hmm. right before this. What do you think about, like, does there, does there need to be like a threshold of competency for players to go to these markets? Because for, for example, no one is going to the Knicks. And they are in New York and they have that like NBA name, even it's the New York Knicks, but their ownership and and front office has been very like incredibly incompetent. Um, Do you, do you think that like the Lakers, for example, are they like notably more competent than the Knicks have been, or are they just lucky to be in LA and lucky that LeBron wanted to go there? Yeah. I mean, I don't understand the appeal of New York personally as a basketball player as maybe so like if you're into musical theater I get it you have to be right (laughs) but you're a basketball player you can play in 30 different cities and it's all the same 
but the only difference is you don't have to be like in these huge crowds with like tiny apartments like if you want to like live a more comfortable lifestyle you might as well go to a smaller market where you can buy a house that has more space for you where you can mm -hmm. have all these crazy cars maybe that you would want or whatever you can live a more luxurious lifestyle i mean in la you can have a little bit more space but like the appeal to la is above that like having the media uh which is i would say more appealing than new york at this point the media market in los angeles and the weather like who wants to go to new york in the winter and in the summer it smells like shit i've it been to new york like in the so like i i don't know if new york will stay being that type of appealing place especially as our generation begins to move out of cities because it's happening and with the pandemic people have decided to settle down and like buy their own houses instead of buy a condo in in uh in new york like in the city and and i think that that's probably going to be happening especially as office spaces become uh obsolete Ob yep. office yeah so yep and everywhere could have wi-fi now so you could work from fucking anywhere because most jobs you do not have to be anywhere to do it all like I don't know what percentage, but it feels like 95% of jobs are on the internet. <laughs> Let me just say, I feel like 95% of jobs, you don't need to do the job in order to do the job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I'm over here. I work at a fucking school. I'm just like, I'm getting spit on in the face by kids during COVID. And I'm just like, fuck tech, fuck tech. I hate, oh. anyway, um, this, this is an interesting conversation. We'll, I'm sure we will talk more about this. All right. Thank you for listening to the CD NBA show. This is Chalanga, the fair weather capitalist. Uh, Given your outro, don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, leave a rating and a review. We are like getting about 50 listeners every show. About over 50 listens in our last like eight shows. I don't know exactly eight, but yeah. And we are still at the same amount of reviews as we had like a year ago. So if you're listening and maybe we'll put one of these at the top of the show just so that people know, because maybe people don't listen till the end. Um, but please oh, leave a, a rating and review. Follow us on the Instagram and Twitter at CNDNBA. Uh, send us an email at CNDNBA at gmail.com. Tony B, you know what you did. Congratulations to uh, Charlie Sigoko. He and Sarah just had a baby. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. Uh -huh. Was that on Instagram? I don't get on Instagram enough. I don't remember if it was on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or where I saw it, but that is really dope. Congratulations. That's Congrats, really awesome. Charlie. Welcome, comrade. Yeah. What's the baby's uh -huh. name? I do not know. Oh, uh, <laughs> well. So, Charlie, if you're listening to this, tweet at us what your baby's name is. Um, and uh, when you move to Minnesota, let us know. And we uh, let me know, really. Dylan doesn't live here. Um, <laughs> but we can hoop. All right. Thanks. Bye. Because I was seeing on the – it was the Dunked On podcast, the center's rankings. By the way, Carl was ranked fifth behind Bam Adebayo. Oh, man. oh I didn't listen to that one yet. I was malding. Officially, I'm a Zoomer now because I know the term malding. It's a Twitch term. Um, I was also mad at their small forward rankings. Andrew Wiggins was so high. Oh, was no. So high. I was not going to listen to any – of those, but I had to listen to the center one. I knew I was going to get some. How high was he? Do you remember offhand? I, I feel like he was like ten. No, I, but no, he was outside. They had twelve guys that were like, they were like these are the best guys, and then there's a drop off after that. Um, and I think he was like sixteen or seventeen. What was yeah. Jared Culver fifteen?
<laughs> Jared Culver. No Timberwolves player was mentioned in the small forward Oof. rankings pod. So, so have you been listening to all of them? Do you know if they considered any Timberwolves players small forwards? Because like arguably we have no small forwards at the same time that every player in the Timberwolves could play small forward. It's very yeah, weird. There have been no Timberwolves player. Uh, Malik Beasley made an appearance in the shooting guard shooting guard once and he was actually one of the highest risers so well that's good yep 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 they rec- they gave him props um i'm curious yep. to see i know they hate d'angelo russell so i'm i'm, I'm curious to see where uh oh, no. he ends up on that list i i wouldn't be surprised if they just didn't rank him because it seems like they're no, also they're gonna rank him you think so because they have been very in the moment recently like with the with the carl ranking like that is so that is so in the moment for someone to say that you would rather have right now bam at a bio than carl Anthony towns i don't care that that bam at a bio just made a game winner i mean mm-hmm. the timberwolves outplayed the heat 100 and carl is clearly the best player in the timberwolves just clearly well bam at a bio is probably the second best player on his own team I think maybe, that maybe a one A one B type of situation with but we, with their with their specific criteria of putting the player on a random team. I I get ranking Bam above Carl, just because Bam can fit anywhere. Which player is going to be? Which player has more than a one percent chance of being? The best player on a championship team, clearly. Look, if I'm putting Carl on a bad team, if I'm putting this on a bad team, I pick Carl 100%. If I'm putting, okay, you know what? Never mind. Carl's better than Bam. <laughs> He's just better. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's clear Jokic and Bede Gobert. That's like clear top three. Now, I don't know if that's clear. I don't know if that's clear given everyone's health. Like, I mean, just right now, though, right now, I'm talking about right now. It's clear that those Car- are the top three. I, right now, I'd rather have Carl than Rudy Gobert. Right now. Okay. Because Carl's but healthy right now. When taking in a contract into consideration, I'd have Carl over Rudy, too. Because Rudy just signed that big contract that takes him <laughs> into his 30s. So we don't know if either player could win in the playoffs. I mean, we, we know Rudy can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We haven't seen it with Carl yet. Um, Interesting. Interesting. And you know what? I'm I'm not that far from putting Carl above Joel Embiid. I exactly like in the moment everybody's seeing that Carl Anthony Towns hasn't played any games. And but if you look at what the stats are with Carl on the court, if you look at like the box plus minus, you look at everything that Carl does for his team, mm-hmm. it's pretty unreal and the thing that i'm i get that carl has been injured the last couple years part of this is yeah part of this is covid you know like he literally had covid but like that is fluke is very fluky well well Embiid's body breaking down is is not that fluky because he yeah he he, needs to he does need to learn how to fall down yeah he needs to fists not wrists baby but um broken wrist but Anyway, I just the the Joel Embiid body breaking down is a real thing. That's lower body. That's back issues. 
those things issues. those things last a lot longer and are much more detrimental to big guys and that's why it there's so much more of a risk in taking Joel Embiid long term I'm with you so Jokic is really the only one that's clearly better than Towns right now yeah <laughs> right we'll now. see we'll see no I think that Carl has up ceiling that has not been tapped into he hasn't had the coaches he hasn't had the players around him Jokic got the players around him we talked about this I feel like with Jamal later we'll talk about this but like uh it's we need to see the players around towns that Jokic and Embiid have been graced with yeah I, I I get you like the theoretical ceiling of of towns is better than the theoretical ceiling of Jokic because Jokic because Towns can pass he's not the same passer that that Jokic is but he I mean he's he's a good passer and he's much more athletic than than uh Nikola Jokic and and isn't a detriment on the defensive end in the way that Jokic is so yeah well and Jokic has been underrated in that on that end but Carl has been even more underrated on that end at this point yes